When Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up the cross and follow me. He didn't say, pick up the cross and sit next to me. Movement is expected. This is OSV Talks, a show where we explore topics from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking, all from the heart of the church. My name is Doug Took, and I will be your host. Hi, I am here with Catherine Angulo, my dear friend. Okay, I'm going to get it right. You ready? Program Director of the Thriving Ministry Initiative at Notre Dame. That's correct. And it's still kind of new, right? I mean, is it kind of new? I don't want to get it wrong. Two years? Three years. Three years? Three years already, yes. (laughs) You were just in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. This is really the third full year? The third full year, yeah. In October, I started my fourth year. Oh, my gosh. Tell me what you're doing. What are you doing there? <laughs> well, I have two wonderful programs. One is the Bishop Darcy Priestley Renewal, which is I work with priests that have been in, in their parishes for more than eight years, and we bring them back to kind of help them renew their vocation. Oh, wow. Uh, since they have learned the realities of what is to be a priest in a parish yeah. uh, with the full responsibilities, we kind of want to bring them back and kind of re-energize them so then they can thrive in their communities. And then the other. Oh, pro- yeah, oh, hang on. <laughs> Is there another version of that anywhere else? No. No. Oh, my God. Well, we're going to unpack that. Keep going. Keep going. Because yes. I want to hear the other part. And the second one is the Strong Foundations for Catholic Leaders. And this is the attention that we want to put at Notre Dame on these young adults that are working all around the country, but they are not connected to any kind of network yet. And they have been in ministry for more than eight years, but they're starting to show. They've been in ministry for more than eight, eight years, years. Yeah. But they haven't really connected Connect to, to any kind of network. Correct. It feels like a recipe for not so good. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, Our goal is we have noticed that they have created great, amazing new initiatives, uh, but they don't have that support system. And we want to make sure they stay in the church. So what we're doing is we're doing a research with them for more than two years to learn what is it that they need to be able to feel solidified and that they will be able to to apply to the big positions in the near future. Future. Yeah. Let me let me to ask you a question about you're a lay woman helping priests to thrive in their vocations after they've been in a parish life for more than eight years. Correct. So that learning curve looks like that, uh-huh. right? Yes. <laughs> and you just, and you're three years into that. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Is that, that's got to be hard. Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful for my experience of 20 years in ministry in yeah. parishes in dioceses. Yeah. Uh, because somehow I have the gift to be able to communicate wa- well with them and to earn their respect quickly. Good for you. Uh, and with that, and because they saw how my um, advice and my knowledge was truthful to what they needed at That's that right. point. So with that experience, we were have been able to now reach priests all around the nation. Yeah. And what you're going to find is that the priests love their vocation, but they're yeah. exhausted. Yeah, and not they're only exhausted. That, they're exhausted. Oh, and not only man. that, but they have suffered tremendously, especially with all the scandals that recently have sure. come to the church. Yeah. To the point that many times with tears, they're saying, I want to do this, but I feel like I'm attacked all the time. Wow. Especially the good ones. That You're like a lifeboat. So much. I mean, it's a lifeboat. It kind of is. And what I, we were surprised is that with this pandemic, 
all that suffering and stress multiply Indeed. when they found themselves well, that iso- they now isolated. I mean, yeah, they would be even isolated. more isolated. Right, right. And with these other new challenges of yeah. you now have to know media. Now you need to be good at cameras. Now you need to be good at online connection with your parishioners, right, something right. that there are no experts Digital at. mass versus live yeah. mass and why it's different and how that's incredible. Yes. So it's, it's been a huge learning experience for me. I have... 10 more times of compassion towards them. Wow. Um, I did in this pandemic, I have conversations with a priest. One, I spent hours teaching him how to celebrate mass on, on, on a camera. <laughs> so I watched his first mass online and then the camera fell. Oh, no. And all I could hear was patience, patience. I'm like, I'm so glad he say patience and not something else. <laughs> so I was very, very honesty, grateful. Honesty, honesty. Now he has two cameras going on and he's doing all that by himself oh, in his small my parish. Goodness. Or all in the South Bend Diocese? Or? No, no, no it's all, all over, it's all over yeah, the country. All over the country. Oh my gosh. And then I have another priest that uh, I was having a meeting with him via Zoom. And then at one point he said, can we, can we just talk on the phone? And I was like, why? Is something wrong with your connection? And he said, no, no, no. It's like what I want to tell you, I, most likely I'm going to cry and I don't want to see myself on the screen. And what he was sharing was his uh, oh my goodness. his pain of losing so many parishioners that he could not be with them when they were dying from it's COVID. A good, that's a talented priest. It's a so, relational priest. Yeah, because that wow. was their purpose. And they're like, they came to mass every day. I know them. I know mm-hmm. their families. And I couldn't be there when they were wow. leaving this world. So, wow. So to be able to see that side of priesthood has definitely made You're pretty me, blessed. You're pretty I, blessed to get that lens. Not very many people have that lens. Yes, wow. Definitely. This is the most perfectly named ministry initiative I've ever heard of. Yeah. Because you're looking at clergy mm-hmm. and you're looking at laity mm-hmm. and you're saying, how can I help you thrive? Yes. And you're not saying, oh, are you sad after your first year? Was that hard for you? No, you're saying, oh, you've done this for eight years. How can I help you thrive? Yes. That's a big deal. It is. Now, I want you to tell me the story because I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> but I remember you telling me, I think we were at a restaurant, about you were kind of headhunted for this job, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me correct me when I get it wrong. You're doing diocesan ministry and yeah. you're doing some big stuff mm-hmm. in Atlanta. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But you go up to Notre Dame, you give a presentation, mm-hmm. you literally drop the gloves like a hockey player and you yeah. show your fists and you start unloading this very transparent message and they offered you a job when you got done. Is that the story? Very, very close to okay. that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Clean it up. Clean it up. Yeah. Um, well, it was very... I was very honored to speak in that conver- conference that they had uh, because they, the main speakers were Bishop Barron and myself yeah. and someone else. And I'm going like... <laughs> You're like, yeah, I mean, well, Barron just hanging out. And, and it was with more than 40 bishops and their delegation. Sure. So it's like, what do you want me to say? I'm right. like, well, he opens it, you close it. I'm like, I don't think they know me <laughs> to put me in that kind of position. But what I learned is I just shared where I saw the church at yeah. that point. And if it was necessary to mention to the bishops that that's an area that they need to, to pay attention to, Indeed. I said it. Yeah. Um, if it was for the lay ecclesiastic ministers, if it was for the academic world, I mentioned to Laity, each, academia. Yeah. What else? Uh, the the priests, the bishops. The clergy, them, the clergy, clergy and bishops. Uh, their care, yeah. care for them. There was media there. So even yep. the Catholic media. Yeah. And then to just let them know where is it that our young people are. And if we really need to connect with them, what is it that we need to do? Yeah. And the interesting part is uh, Bishop Barron didn't get an standing ovation, but I did. Oh, <laughs> hang on a second. Bishop Barron didn't get a standing ovation, <laughs> but Catherine did. I love that. 
So I heard so I had a number of friends that were there and I think I even texted you while you were there. But like okay. they were just raving about your your just authentic witness. Mm-hmm. That takes courage. Look what it did. Look at you're changing the church here. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I think I have the best experience, which uh, when I was flying back to Atlanta, uh, one of the bishops was in my plane. And it's the first time I saw a bishop fighting to the person from Delta uh, to <laughs> change his seat so he could sit right next to that me and continue a conversation. But this is not to say, oh, I'm all these. No, no, you're just... actually you actually can't stand talking about yourself. So this is actually <laughs> no. kind of fun for me. <laughs> no, this is this is because what the bishops told me after the talk is we knew something wasn't working. We just didn't know what it was. Yeah. And you mentioned it simply and concretely. So yeah. now we can take action towards Does it. that light a fire for you? Yes. Yeah. That yes. clarity. I think you've been doing this a long time in your career because mm-hmm. you say things like, I'm not interested in the spotlight. I'm interested in enabling people's gifts. You've mm-hmm. said that to me before. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Atlanta. That was yes. a big deal. You went from Raleigh, North Carolina to Atlanta. I knew you in Raleigh. We mm-hmm. got to work together a number of times. It was an absolute honor. Mm-hmm. Smaller diocese, very yeah. rural. Yeah. Atlanta comes calling. That place is monstrous. It yeah. is huge. They're doing incredible things. Yes. Now get this story right for me because I love this one too. You kind of get invited to dream, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't you kind of get invited to dream? Yes. Like to write a big old budget of what would you do, Catherine? Mm-hmm. How do you do this? And then you did it. Yeah. And it was big. And you brought it to the bishop and you thought, well, he's going to let me do at least one of these 5,000 things. And he turns to you and says, yeah, that looks good. Go do that. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, no, now I got to do it all. Is that kind of true? It is true. Tell me about some of the big initiatives that you wanted to get going in Atlanta. Well, I wanted to start this idea that um, confirmation, really, the contact between a bishop and the students in confirmation is minimum. I will remember in the other contact time, between a bishop, bishop and, and the, the confirmation, confirmation student slash candidates. Yes. It's just minimum. minimum. It's basically a day, right? Exactly. It's a right. Yeah. Yeah. So I will never forget in knowing this in Atlanta by another diocese where I was helping a bishop in a confirm in a youth event and the I could hear the teenagers saying, who is that guy? Wow. I don't know, but he comes every, every month. To who this is region. that guy? So I, I don't know. Like, but I he comes praying. out here once a year. <laughs> so I was praying that wow. the bishop wasn't listening to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what made me realize we need to change that. Yeah. And the other part is that we really don't give a space for the youth to give their witness testimony to others. Yeah, you and I have talked about this exhaustively. So, yeah. This is a good one. So for yeah. that reason, I was like, why we don't give them the space yeah. where confirmation students can talk to other confirmation students from other areas in the same diocese, yeah. giving their testimony. And I'm not talking that I was looking for the perfect stories of, oh, I started confirmation and possible. now I'm the holiest of holies. Yeah, of course. No, the reality of where they were at, what yeah. they were thinking, where are they strong and where they are uh, and where they are struggling with and give them that space but at the same time use that venue to let the bishops start to talk to the youth in a different matter than a letter yeah in a different matter than just the homily that they have prepared for all the confirmations yeah so uh, something that I started to do with the bishops is I started to ask them uh, some questions from their youth. Not mm-hmm. the typical ones, but weird ones. And yeah. I started to ask them for pictures. Oh, yeah. So, for example, uh, you will find Cardinal Gregory, for example, with a big Afro picture. You know, Cardinal Afro Gregory hair. from Washington, D.C. with and, an Afro. And all it the has kids been published. were looking at it going like, he's like us. Like they were so I love it. loving it. And the then, humanity of the church. The church, yeah. exactly. Oh. Or 
were uh, to see uh, Bishop Ned, um, he was a, a army pilot before oh, he became yeah. a bishop. So he was with his uniform and with his pl uh, plane Helmet, behind. the whole thing, yeah. yeah. And then the kids were like, what? Wait, so what? you can also be a pilot and then become a bishop? And then the wow. one that became the most famous was Bishop Sarama. Yeah. Now he's in Raleigh. Uh, because he had like the same haircut, the same jacket, <laughs> and the same glasses that you will find any teenager with right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I told him, if God call him, he can be calling you. Oh my goodness! And he, you, you have to see with these conversations that were simple and normal and not awkward. Yeah. Uh, you will find that when the bishops started to come to celebrate the the sacrament the kids were seeking for them yeah. to talk with them. That's right. The youth was thirsty to they say, like, now the you are my friend. Yeah. Now, now you are my friend. friend. Yes, now you understand me. Because so you revealed something about yourself, yourself that yes. was like what I'm experiencing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You made a magazine. Yes, so that's how we created yeah. the magazine. And yeah. the name was selected by the kids which was called the mark yeah hold and the mark yes yeah wow and and that's how every uh, six months we have a collection of testimonies witness stories uh, from the kids talking about the realities of being a teenager today yeah. Yeah. and we find out that the teens were so proud of the magazine that they started to pass it to another teenager to yeah, read it. So it got shared. And that teenager was passing it to another member Yeah, to that's read called it. evangelization. Exactly. That's what we call that. So <laughs> when I was sharing the message. message. Yeah. When I was talking to, to the company that helped us print these magazines, they were like, you are the only material that we have seen that we can prove three people pass the content to the next one. That's incredible. And for a teenager to be proud of that, that's amazing. And the other part was everybody was telling me, you are crazy. Building a magazine right now when teenagers right. are all no about one's gonna social read a magazine. media. Yeah, it should all be digital. And Everything. What we found in our research wow. is that the teenagers were completely surprised to find a magazine with their name on coming to their homes because they don't receive mail anymore. That's right. That's right. So that's why they kind of snuck that one in there. Yeah. You you took money, you called a bunch of people that you know that that you have worked with that have something to say. You hire a film company out of Chicago and you say, let's help people in ministry learn how to do ministry better. Mm -hmm. So no one has to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. Then you gave it away mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. That came out of the reality that unfortunately in many places we couldn't hire anymore a full-time youth minister positions yeah. or the ministry was growing so large that the one person couldn't train all the volunteers. Right. So we created this program that will uh, be open to whatever the schedule the volunteer has to give to the church. Yeah, so no matter when they're available. So they're, they're everyone's available. not available at Wednesday yeah. at 6. I know it's rocket science, but yeah. they're not all available at the same time. Right. Exactly. So, right. so what, what was I it called? Called to a company. Called to a company. Uh -huh. yep. And in Espanol, it's llamados a compañer. Nice. And still idea, available? I mean, we can still yes. go. Oh, great. Yes, so uh, we were able to create the foundation for anyone that is interested to help the youth, either a parent, mm -hmm. a volunteer, a senior member of the community. They could listen to their realities and what are the skills that they need to uh, present, how to take that fear away of how to work with youth. Mm -hmm. And do it in a very simple way with the realities of their community. Mm. Uh, the program was given out nationally because many bishops started to ask Cardinal. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> tell the story. I was just gonna try. I was just gonna say, did Cardinal Dolan call you and I, say, uh, we, "Can I have this?" We were in conversations with New York that they wanted to be part of the second part, and when I mentioned it to 
uh, Bishop Gregory at that point, he said, no, this is my project. This is my gift to the church. And <laughs> he, he founded fully for for the diocese and with that it's actually kind of awesome and then said there it is go ahead and use it use it for the church but he's like but i'm going to do it the way i want to do it i think that's great i think that's great we were able to provide it to the nation and who knew i mean they everybody was using it i would receive emails from all the uh, dioceses and all that stuff but who knew the pandemic yeah highlighted this program so much yeah and and i want to mention too um, I thought it was great. I got to I got to be there with you for a day, and uh, the way you carry yourself in terms of filmmaking was wonderful too. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a space that I adore. But when you said you you really found a lot of talent in the Hispanic Latino community, mm-hmm. but you didn't say, "Oh yeah, the Anglo film is this," so go ahead and replicate that in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You said, "What's what is the Hispanic Latino cultural version of this thing?" Mm-hmm. And then it's really a completely different set of films yeah. that are that are reaching a, a cultural need. Mm-hmm. I thought that was visionary. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Did you just come up with that or were you like, you know, I just really feel like this is the way it needs to be? That comes from the experience of helping people in parishes. Yeah. And when you know that they have a large diversity community, yeah. uh, that tension that exists of how we can provide the same high quality to both communities satisfying their own needs yeah. It's very hard to find. Uh, it's not a book. It's not um, a magazine. It's not a, a video. It's, yeah. it's a, a unique content. But yeah. sadly, what I found in many places is that the content in, for one language was a lot higher than the one for the other language. And what I wanted to guarantee with this program is that no matter what culture took the program, they will receive the best of the best. And they did. And they, they did. did. You did it. Yeah, you did it. Wow. Yeah. That stuff costs money. You know, that's the big, that's the big, uh, that's when everybody starts waving the flags of mm-hmm. their concerns. But you went out and you got it. You also had a leadership that said, you betcha, I'm yeah. going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I definitely have their support. And the beauty is that during the pandemic, the program actually doubled or tripled. This is five, well, four it. years after filming it. I don't doubt it. So it's, it's just amazing. You also did w- the topics, the way that you did it. I, I, I don't feel like it, it's going to age itself quickly. Mm-hmm. Everything has a shelf life. I understand mm-hmm. that. But I don't feel like it's going to age itself that quickly. Some of the haircuts might age themselves <laughs> yes. pretty quickly. That could go devastatingly yeah. poorly. But what do you do? Um, who inspires you? Who, who, who are your role models? Who are the heroes um, that have turned you on to the life that you have? I'm grateful to say I have plenty of them. Yeah. That's why I know it's not just one. I yeah. have, I think the gift of working in ministry is that you get to know a lot of amazing people. Indeed. And Indeed they you do. inspire you in different ways. Yeah. Uh, so from my childhood, I would say in my first year of college, I found a friend that had the courage to be the one that invited me to reconnect with my faith. Yeah. And that's why I so much believe in youth ministry because yeah. it was a peer that took me invitation. back to the church. Simple invitation. And then from there, throughout the journey, everywhere I go, I always find fantastic people that help me grow in different places. So yeah. I am always grateful to be in a place where I can say I don't have just one mentor. Yeah. But I have plenty of mentors of faith. Yeah. And it breaks my heart every time that I connect with someone that says, but I haven't met anyone that truly believes in this. Yeah. Uh, because that means we haven't been generous enough to share what we have. Mm. So. Do you ever think you'd be doing what you're doing? Oh, no. 20, 22 <laughs> year old. I no. wish I knew you in college. 21 year old, Catherine. What did you think you were going to do? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, 
as a child, I wanted to work at Disney. At Disney? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not the Mickey Mouse thing. It's, it's the environment that they create. Yeah. I always have that desire of how you can create it's an environment. It's not the Mickey Mouse thing. Yeah. It's yeah. the environment they yeah. create. They create <laughs> to allow great. anyone of any age to go back to, the, to their childhood yeah. and feel connected to it. That's like the that. gift I like. I like that. So I was thinking, like, how can I create an environment where people can have this space to connect to God yeah. once faith became important to me? Yeah. What I wanted to do as a college student is I, I thought I was going to be a broadcaster or, or TV. Oh, uh, I can see that. I did media I can see communication. That. But my journey... That comes out, though. That skill set comes out. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. think I knew that. That's so great. I did media communication. Then I did uh, modern languages. Then my master's in theology. And now I'm here. So in the journey, it looked like I was so confused. But if you look at what I'm doing right now, I needed all those skills to yeah. be able to be where I am. Well, it shows. It shines. What's next for the Thriving uh, Ministry Initiative? Well, now we are in this uh, turning point where... The question is now we're getting too much demand. So how we're going to let how this could it grow? not? But how could it not? Look yeah. what you're doing for goodness sakes. What's yeah, the so what's the what's the plan? What well, do do? I'm I'm being called by regions now of when they have the guiding of priests of regions. Mm-hmm. Before I was doing trainings for let's say groups of 14 priests, then it moved into 200 priests. Now it can be a thousand priests. Oh my goodness. So mostly digital or are you trying to do you see in the near future the ability to gather well again? Is that on your radar? I hope so, but unfortunately the age of our priest is going to be um something that's going to keep us with certain constraint. Mm-hmm. But the need is desperate. Yeah. I have never received so many phone calls it's from I would say my office became an ER room of priests during an the ER beginning. room of priests. Talk about field hospital yeah. theology. Yeah. Thank you, Pope Francis. That's yeah. spot on. And and it wasn't like they were telling me anything personal about their faith or no. It was just like I have this challenge. Like I don't have any money coming in, yeah. or I need to celebrate mass, and I don't know how. Or yeah. my my parishioners are dying. What is it? Something I can do for the families, yeah. and, and just someone to dialogue with, because the other priests were also struggling. They yeah. of course have very strong connections with each other, Indeed. but sometimes they just need an outside voice that is not panicking, because their employees were panicking. Yeah. They were concerned if they were going to lose their job. That's if right. What, what was going on with them? So I'm able to be that third perspective good that has the heart on their ministry of saying okay something that you can do practically is this or what about that and then one of the ideas works and that's where they found some relief yeah it's a voice of reason Mm -hmm. it's truly triage though i mean you're 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 doing triage i mean you're looking at the situation and going okay let's assess the most damaged first let's make sure we do this well have you expanded staff did that happen this year at all or Uh, no no but we are thinking of, I mean in the considerations of what is going to happen that's something that we're thinking about in the future but the problem is the skill set is very tricky there's no you're not what are you comparing yourself to like mm-hmm. we talked about like there's no you don't go oh yeah you did that over there yeah to come do that yeah. over here yeah you're yeah. like hey I'd like to teach you how to do this thing over here <laughs> I mean that takes time yeah yeah wow so so leadership empowerment and development has to be kind of a part of the immediate future it's like yes. well let me raise you up in this system and give you tasks mm-hmm. and that's really hard. Your work's cut out for you. It, That's a big deal. It's hard, but it's exciting. Yeah. Because every time I approach a new ministry, I always make sure that they, I live with three people that can do, at least they know what I know. Yeah. So then they can do whatever I know. That's just I good know. leadership. So I know where you've been uh, ministerially, and I can see that that's true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's 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 good leadership. If when you walk away, it collapses, that's kind of on you. You know, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I yeah. kind of blew it. So you're able to build that up. That's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. You've thank traveled you. a ton. I, I thank you for your OSV talk. I love that you talk about that. I thought that was great. Yeah. Where can we find out more about thriving in, in, in the ministry initiative at Notre Dame? And, and I want for both laity and for, for clergy, where do we need to go to learn about it more? If they go to the McGrath Institute website. The McGrath Institute. Uh, sure. Yes. Uh, in co- under conferences. Uh, there you are going to see the two programs you click there and we will have all the, the information there great yeah. what about you how can we reach you my there. email and my phone yeah. number is there and yes i'm available i um, love it that's that's what i'm ready for you are uh you're such an enabler of gifts this is like your thing mm-hmm. right it is you're smiling i mean this <laughs> is like your thing this is like you i ever, since i first met you you were always about like recognizing around you and and sharing and saying, hey, build this up, do this thing. I love that. Yeah. The church needs more of that, right? A little less ego and a little more enabling yeah. to identify gifts. It's, do you think about it that way? Do you? I I don't know how to express it. It's just when I have the gift to meet some someone new, for some reason, I'm, I'm able to recognize their talent very quickly. Yeah. Uh, even sometimes I call it that I see a red flag. Yeah. Uh, whenever I was doing ministry in a parish and I had 300 teenagers in front of me, I don't know why, but I will see like a red flag in three of them and yeah. I will contact those three and those three were the ones that needed to hear something from me. Yeah. And I didn't have gift. a clue of what was going on. It's a spiritual gift. Uh, but That's the great. same happens when I interact. I don't know if you remember. We have a conversation long time ago where I told you, you should be in videos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember, but it was a long, long time oh ago. Oh, boy. And I was like, you have that personality and you have the voice and you have the content and the charisma to connect to people to send that kind of message. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what I see. That's, yeah. I You're don't so good know at it. what it is, wh- how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to, wh- how fast it's going to come, but I always want people to be aware of because. I found ourselves in a world where we are so good at criticizing each other. Indeed. And what we are missing is people to in be ministry able to specifically. Say specifically. Yeah. Be able to say, don't beat it up yourself so That's much. Right. In, in contrary, why do you want to spend some of that energy into that skill that I see on you? Yeah. And that is uh, an honor, and you have to be careful because it's not just to tell everybody that you're pretty. That's, yeah. that's not the issue, or that right. you're good at everything. Right. No. He's calling it. Yeah. Uh, you are so good at this thing. Try to find something yeah. that, that will don't stop to. using that gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't yeah. stop. Don't stop the climb. This is a mountain of work that you're doing. Um, but we're a better church because of it. I mean it. The thriving, uh, thriving in ministry initiative at Notre Dame. What a gift to the church. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you and all your thank good work. You. Thank you for the invitation. You bet. <laughs> thank you for listening. You can enjoy all OSV talks at osvtalks.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show wherever you like to listen. Friends, innovative thinking is at the core of OSV, and OSV Talks is part of a much larger effort to be a catalyst for Catholic innovation. OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation brings you these talks from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking, all from the heart of the church. Until next time, God bless.